Hey, thanks for checking out the Blake Thins podcast. I'm excited about this episode because I'm bringing you a guy who has built himself the dream of all the people who go out there and try to start an actual business. Ray Cross has done it. He owns a dental practice over in Rancho Mirage in California. And what he did 10 years ago is he said, you know what, I'm going to start my own business. And he's beaten the statistics. He has a flourishing business today. If you've ever wanted to start a business of your own and you've wondered how to do it, especially maybe even in the dental practice field, this is the episode to listen to. I love talking to Ray. So humble, such an incredible person. And I honestly love his practical, really simple approach to business. And as you know, simple things often can be the most compelling things. And also, if you're trying to grow your own business, if you're trying to maybe take what you have and grow it into something special yourself, I got an answer for you. Reach out to me, Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com, and I can give you a hand. Enjoy this episode, and I'll see you next week. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Blake Benz Podcast. I am thrilled to have my friend Ray Cross on the podcast today. Ray Cross and his wife own a dental practice called Cross Dental. They're all the way over in Rancho Mirage, California. Beautiful area, really vibrant community. And uh, Ray, man, I am just so happy to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Blake. Thank you. Happy to be on here, man. Well, you and I, man, it's just such a, um, <laughs> it's funny because I feel like your, like very, your physical environment in terms of what people perceive about California and California and, and Rancho Mirage uh, is probably a bit different than what people think of when they think of Arkansas. Uh, so I don't know what stereotypes you get, but for me, when people are like, oh, Arkansas, they're like, do you wear shoes there? Like, do you, you know, do people have all their <laughs> teeth and you know, things like that, so. Uh, well, here it's the, uh, you know, Southern, uh, Southern uh, California, man. It's the uh, flip-flops and uh, sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what's, what's the weather like over there? Uh, now, well, we're in a desert area, so we're maybe about two and a half hours from L.A. So uh, now I think well, it's starting to get cooler. It's probably maybe I think about 85, 90, but just two weeks ago, it was uh, maybe about 112, 113. So it gets, it gets pretty hot out here. Yeah, yeah. Well, man, I am, like I already said, I'm real excited to have you on the podcast today and uh, a little bit of a different kind of podcast episode in that people I've had in the past have had, I, you are a, a unique person in the sense of I haven't had someone from dentistry on the podcast. So this is exciting in and of itself, but I, I typically have uh, a lot of like digital marketers, branding, you know, HR, just things that are, are more in my wheelhouse. And so absolutely thrilled to have someone from your background on to tell a little bit about your own experience and especially, man, just the journey of small business ownership. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear more about your story. Yeah, for sure. Um, so um, how far back do you want me to go? <laughs> <laughs> well, talk, let's let's, let's not talk for an origin story here, but uh, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's start surface and then I'll, I'll, I'll push in a little bit. So you had told me before we started recording, you and your wife opened your practice 10 years ago. Right. And, and, and also for the listeners, a little bit about how you and I met, I had uh, a mutual friend in Aaron Burton who 
does a lot. Uh, I think now he's, he's running the route of like mergers and acquisitions, but he had asked me to come on his podcast and talk a little bit about management. And I think you had heard, uh, not on his podcast, I guess it was like a, a live video or something. And you heard a little <laughs> bit of that. You and I got connected. And then as you started checking out some of my content, I got an email from you that you were like, dude, this is great stuff. I'm already doing all of this. <laughs> and so That's I'm right. Yeah, I'm obviously really intrigued because I'm like, well, man, I always want to hear from somebody who already gets it, who already manages really well. And and you know what, man, I, I fact-checked you because I Googled your business, Cross Dental, 65 Google reviews, five stars. Goodness gracious, man, you are killing it with what you're doing. Talk to me about the business. What, what do you guys do day to day? What does that look like? You know, give me a little bit of that information. Okay, so um, I mean, we offer a comprehensive uh, implant and um, cosmetic dentistry. So I mean, we kind of we we do a little bit of everything. Um, you know, um, everyone that comes in has different needs, right? Uh, you've got your you've got people that are just in for basically a checkup and cleaning. You have others that just may need um, some basic uh, treatment, you know, fillings, uh, things like that. And you have others that may require. Um, more surgical um, services, um, you know, implants, uh, tooth removal, um, et cetera. And um, the nice thing uh, working with my wife is that we can each pick what we enjoy doing most and uh, just kind of hone in that craft, you know, just um, working that. So uh, that for me is a, is a, is a real blessing uh, working with her and um, basically just uh, pursuing her passion. Uh, there's so many niches in, in dentistry that you can pick and and, uh, and develop. So um, so that's that's what we do. So we got that aspect of it, and um, then you got I mean r- running a business. I mean that's hard enough. Uh, so okay. juggling that, uh, honing your, your 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 dental skills, and being a good clinician, being a good boss. Um, it's just so many hats we have to wear. We you know it's um, it, it's definitely not easy. Um, um, I've, I've talked to other colleagues of mine who've been um, who've had their practice for over 20, 25 years, and uh, it, it's not like the way it used to be. That's for sure. Hmm. Um, so you got to really love it and be in it for the long game. This isn't, you know, you just can't you can't go in it without really having that passion and being being determined. Um, hmm. and, uh, otherwise, it's just not going to work. Hmm. So what, what's, what's different about dentistry today? I mean, you mentioned it's not like it used to be, um, you know, I'm, I'm totally naive. I just show up and get, <laughs> I get my teeth cleaned and get the occasional cavity filled. So, <laughs> well, there's a lot that goes on in the <laughs> behind the scenes. Um, well, I mean, you, you know, um, you got to make sure that, you know, your protocols are in place. You've got good systems in place and both, um, uh, both uh, systems uh, that kind of protect the uh, the, the patients uh, with HIPAA, for instance. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. HIPAA sure. compliant. You got to make sure your digital systems are in place. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, just last week, uh, I had to update. Um, we had to get a new server. We had to upgrade our server and basically do what's called a migration from our old server to the new server and transfer all the patient um uh, 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 data over. And that took, that took days. I was maybe working 12 to 14 hours a day, just doing tech stuff, uh, nothing related to dentistry, making sure that all the files transferred over properly and that we didn't lose any data. Uh, and then, um, you know, I, and then, uh, after we finished that, then I had to 
reconnect everything to the cloud and make sure that everything's being backed up to the cloud as well. And we have a external local drive too. So um, we do a bit of a, a IT stuff too, um, a lot of us. And uh, so you have that aspect of it, right? Uh, then you got to make sure on the front end too, when patients are checking in, if you're completely paperless, that that's working fine too. We have a kiosk for people to, uh, for our patients to uh, sign in um, on these tablets, and then that gets uploaded into our uh, uh, practice management software. Uh, so we got to make sure that's always working. Sometimes there's little kinks with that too, and we got to try to overcome that. And then you got appointment reminder systems too. Got to make sure that's working fine. I had to make sure that that software also migrated over to the new server. Uh, that way patients are getting uh, their, their appointment reminders, um, et cetera. Uh, so you got that whole other side of, uh, of the business mm. that maybe some people aren't familiar with that we have to juggle with. Well, and, and let me, let me inter- interrupt for a second because I, I want to get to your origin story, especially in terms of like day one of starting the business. But as I'm listening to you, I, I hear two things. I hear, oh my gosh, this sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> and the second thing I'm thinking about is it sounds like you guys have really embraced using technology to innovate your business. And I don't know if that's the norm in your industry, but I, I do know in businesses in general, how often, and it's kind of like, because I don't understand it, I'm wary of using it. Uh, like the cloud's a great example of this. It's amazing how many business owners I talk to who are slow to utilize technology. And it sounds like you guys have really, you're, you're really using it well. Well, we do it for the patient's um, convenience, first of all, to so make it make it a better experience for our, for our patients, number one. And secondly, uh, uh, well, to protect all their information, right? To make it uh, HIPAA compliant mm-hmm. and, and, and safe. Um, mm-hmm. That's the second reason. Um, and that's where everything, it's not where everything is heading. That's where we're at already, um, you know, uh, um, all, all my colleagues in my area have some some form of uh, of technology already um, integrated into their practice. Um, I got another colleague that um, he does everything on the cloud. He doesn't even have a, like a server. So it just all depends. Mm-hmm. You know, it just pulls up patients' information and their schedules, just everything online. Mm-hmm. So that's... Well- and how far you want to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I'm, as I'm listening to you, I'm also, I have on my computer monitor, I have your reviews pulled up and uh, it's pretty, it's just incredible what some people have said about you. This one, Dr. Cross is a miracle doctor. Uh, talks about the staff being so friendly, professional and sweet. Um, Dr. Cross and the entire staff are amazing. I, I'm just, I'm just scrolling through and it's again, it's just, it's five star after five star after five star. And I think what happens a lot of times for people who are aspiring business owners is they see the super successful person and they have a really tough time connecting that individual with the first step. You've obviously built something really meaningful. Take me back to year one of the business and, you know, sort of like whatever. And maybe I don't even know if you remember like what you were dreaming of whenever you started your practice, but but let's let's go back there and I want to I want to try to figure unpack a little bit about your history. Okay, you know, try my best. <laughs> okay, so um uh, day 1 was um definitely challenging. Um it uh I mean, we're, we're, you know, we were not we weren't business owners before. Um we weren't trained to be business owners. We knew very little about business. All we knew how to do is be dentists. So, um we had a 
pretty much learn as we went. Um, and we, we hit the, we hit the ground running pretty much with the practice when we took over. Um, we had all these patients and we, we just had to try to figure it out as we went. It was a very stressful, um, I'd say the first, um, two years, you know, just not knowing if we're going to even make it. Um, I mean, it, it, it was hard definitely. And then the staff too, we had the staff, we weren't even, um, I mean, I, I, I thought I knew what I was doing, but, um, even when it came to the staff, um, I didn't have any training, um, how to, how to handle um, employee issues, conflicts between employees. Um, so, uh, I had to learn very quick on, on how to manage that. So, uh, like I said, it was a, just, a, just so many different things that, um, uh, that I had to learn in a short amount of time. And, um, yeah, uh, it, it was just, it wasn't hard. Uh, I mean, it was hard, um, at first, then eventually started getting a little easier after year two. Hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, I think with the, with the employees, that's, that's uh, very challenging too. Um, uh, you know, uh, you, but I mean, as I started figuring this out and of course, you know, reading books on it and, uh, and listening to, um, other podcasts, et cetera, uh, and uh, drawing on some of my experience prior to dental school, my first degree is in psychology. So um, I worked in a mental health clinic too for about three years before I went into dentistry. So I had to kind of draw a little bit on that experience too. And now for my time in school to really kind of grapple with this and try to um, um, figure out my employees and, and, uh, and work with them. Um, and what I found myself doing more and more as the years went by, um, and it wasn't natural at first, at first, when you're become, when you're when you're a new business owner, you're just like, well, I'm the boss, and you just got to do what I say, you know. And I was noticing that that wasn't really working. Mm. Just wasn't working. Um, so there was a lot of introspection go, uh, starting to go on uh, with within myself, uh, just really just sort of self analyzing everything, and um, just putting myself in their in their shoes, and just. Um, just trying to examine my own kind of emotional processes and even how I would react to them. Um, I mean, as a boss, uh, you just, just, you carry a lot more weight, you know, even you can make a face uh, and that's enough to just crush their day if they're not doing something that you're happy with. Hmm. And uh, I've learned to just be more careful with that too, just more conscious about it. What, what was the, like you said, it wasn't working. What was like the data that you had that, I mean, how did you know it wasn't working? Um, I mean, I could, I could just tell, I mean, uh, things, uh, I was trying to get them to do, they weren't doing right. Um, some calling in, uh, sick, um, uh, more often. Um, and, and that could have been just maybe not entirely their fault could have been under, I was under quite a bit of stress uh, being a new business owner that I don't blame them at the time. Um, so I think it was just a combination of factors. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, that's, uh, well, let me, let me, cause I'm, in, I'm pretty interested in this because, you know, let, let's talk about like the employees calling in sick, for example, and what I, and I've, <laughs> man, I've worked for the company where people call in sick, you know, and they call in sick on the two days they call in sick on is Monday and Friday. Right. <laughs> so yeah. you can have the, the three day weekend. Right, right. If they're if they're especially having a tough time, they're going to call in on Friday and Monday and have right. the four day weekend. But talking to bosses though, who it's very much 
the conversation comes on to the topic of quality of workers and you get remarks like, well, they're just lazy. Well, they're just not in it. They're not bought in, yada, yada, yada. And it's, it's, it's intriguing to me that your reaction wasn't, and, and maybe you felt this at some point, I don't know, but just hearing you talk about it, it wasn't like indignant, like everything I'm doing and you're calling in sick on me, how dare you? But, but instead, and you, and you had mentioned this to me before also in one of our LinkedIn messages on how if you could say there's one thing that's really driven you to success, it's like this affinity for being introspective and being reflective. And you even just said it again in your story right there of like, okay, what do I need to read? What do I need to figure out? that's keeping me from being the boss that I need to be. And I, I'm just curious if, you, if you've ever thought about like what, what is it that's in you that caused you to frame the problem in that way where it was your responsibility as opposed to some bosses where it's always them and it's always what their problem is and they're not performing. And Well, I mean, for me, um, it's easier to change myself than it is to change my staff. It's really not that hard. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I feel I like, like I can code. I mean, it's simple as that. I mean, um, I don't know. I have to steal that. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? How can you change a staff of five or seven or eight? I mean, you can drive yourself nuts and be constantly firing them, hiring the next batch of people. And then it's a revolving door of employees. I, I don't know. Um, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, well, I think you're right trying on. To be a better, just trying to be a better boss and take care of them. In my case, they've helped me realize my dream, owning a practice. And um, I got to take care of them, whatever it takes. I mean, uh, we, we've taken them to Disneyland before. We celebrate their birthdays. As a matter of fact, one of our front desk girls' birthday was yesterday. Um, and we got her uh, we got her cake. And uh, one of the other girls uh, bought her um, some, some decorations, too. I was blowing balloons along with them. <laughs> jumping on a counter, taping the banner, the happy birthday banner on her, uh, on her desk. And uh, when she came in, I mean, she was just in tears, just uh, uh, tears of joy <laughs> with, um, with what we did for her. And, uh, you know, it meant a lot to her uh -huh. and just little things like that goes a long way. Um, uh, for me, it's not, it's not a struggle. It's not, it comes easy to me. Um, it's yeah. Just so you do that, you take care of them. Uh, you treat them like you would with uh, with a customer. I mean, you spoil them, take good care of them, um, then everything else sort of takes care of itself. And it's funny how obvious that feels, and yet it it doesn't feel like that is the majority trend. I guess, especially for larger businesses, and and. And maybe I'm just biased in that I sometimes I just end up talking to people who are really unhappy in their jobs. Uh, and maybe it is a lot more pronounced than I realized. But, but everything you said, and you even said, you know, it's the little things, but it sounds like you're even willing to do bigger things where I think you just mentioned you, you've taken them to Disney, Disneyland. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know who's my inspiration? Uh, Richard Branson. I mean, look at that guy. Uh -huh. oh, I yeah. mean, that, <laughs> he's got it down. Yeah. You know, um, See him on LinkedIn everywhere and how excited uh, all his employees are. And he's running how many businesses? God knows right. how many. Right. He's figured it out. But why do you think it's like, what do you think the disconnect is though? Because like you have found the recipe and it works and like we can, we know it works because again, I can easily pull up your, your website and I can pull up your reviews and 
and everything's here. I mean, it, it keeps, they talk about you, they talk about your staff. So like you have the recipe that works, but sometimes I feel like when I talk to people, it's like, I'm, it's like I'm convincing them or it's like, you know, please invest in your people, but um, you, you get it. I, I don't know. It's just, well, I mean, well, I forgot to mention uh, the turning point for me was uh, we decided to do something different uh, about uh, actually year two or three when uh, we decided to um, have a have a have a meeting, and um, I I assured them that they can if they wanted to attack me <laughs> they could um, there wouldn't be any repercussions or anything like that uh, that I really wanted to get feedback from them and um, I did they gave it to me they gave it to me hard. So that, that, that was the point, um, uh, that, uh, I decided to make some, uh, big changes, um, with respect to myself too. What, you know, what were um, some of the things that they told you? Uh, you know, just, uh, I think, uh, I'm trying to remember now, I mean, some of the things that I overlooked about myself, well, like one example, like I said, just, um, you know, just kind of. They have me. Uh, they forget to have something out for me uh, for my procedure. Um, you know, to kind of not make a face <laughs> at them, <laughs> or looking at them like I'm shooting them yeah. with, with, with darts from my eyes. Um, right, not going. It's the whole. Uh, I, I know this face because I know. Made, what I mean, and, and, this me, and this is me with my mask on, my surgical. Uh, I'm all <laughs> in my outfit, my hat, my glasses, and they could just sense the intensity when when I'm missing something that moment, but I need it. I'm in the middle of surgery and, um, uh, making just some, making some fine, uh, tweaks like that, which for me was nothing. I was like, okay guys, I get it. All right. You've made your point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I promise to work on that and be better. And uh, I have, and it's been now years later, I have staff with me. I've had uh, one for 10 years and the rest of more than six or seven years. So, um, and I, you know, every morning when I come in, I greet everyone, I check in, I'm always checking in with everyone, see how they're doing, how they're feeling, how the, how's their family doing, how their kids are doing. Um, I mean, it's important just treating them like human beings. I mean, it's not hard. I, I just, I, I just love, I love how easy you're making all this sound because <laughs> I got, well, I've I just practice now. I've had some practice. Yeah. Uh, I talked to, uh, you know, the 2007 Ray, uh, <laughs> might've been very different. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, and I think, um, and so two things, man, I, I love your willingness to expose yourself to them in the sense of, I guess that's a really weird, that's an awkward sound bite. No, it's, it's fine. <laughs> I did. I did. But you I, did. Yeah. You said I, I, I hurt. I did get hurt. I did take it personal in that first meeting that we had uh, years ago. And, uh, you know, I overcome it and uh, we have one now every year where um, I go, Hey, okay, uh, I need your help guys. Let's find ways of improving the, uh, the business, improving our systems. Anything you want to share or say about me uh, as a boss? Am I doing a good job as a boss? You guys, um, and, uh, I get, I get instant feedback from them. Yeah. Well, it's funny cause it, it makes me think of, um, yeah. Yeah. So I like how you get instant feedback cause that's, it's just faster in general, but I, there's a tool called 360 and it's called 360 because you're getting feedback from everyone around you, like a 360 degree circle. Yeah. And uh, it can be kind of an expensive tool. It can be $700, several hundred dollars to use it and implement it. But I was talking to a business owner who was thinking about it and he said, you know, I really don't want to spend that kind of money. And I said, okay, well, here's the deal. Here's a really cheap way to improve your, your leadership in your business. And he's like, okay, what is it? And I was like, 
just go ask them, <laughs> you know, just go ask them what they think of you and they think of your leadership. And Absolutely. But you got to do it in a group setting. Uh, yeah. One-on-one, I think it, um, it could be a bit intimidating. Uh, sure, sure. It. It's got to be all of them and you alone <laughs> as a boss. <laughs> well, the, the kicker yeah. of this story, though, was he goes, he goes, oh, man, I don't want to do that. And I was like, well, why not? And he's like, well, what if they say something like negative about me? And I was like, that's, that is literally the point. It's not to stroke your ego. It's to, right. it's to figure out what needs to change. Absolutely. That you got to, you can't be by yourself or what you can handle or not. It's for the greater good. And it's uh, really to improve your, your business. So um, I got over that a long time ago. There's no room for egos in my office. Hmm. You know, um, it, it starts at the top. Hmm. And uh, the pay, and you know what the customers or in my case patients they pick up on that they know that they do uh, I have I have uh, I've gained uh, new customers from uh, you know having left their, their previous uh, doctors because uh, not so much the way the doctor was treating them them but the way they saw the doctor treating their employees and they didn't like that well and I think it again and and I don't know if I'm just if I'm beating a dead horse here, but it, it just seems so common sense, but we can all relate to the business that we walk into where the frontline employee who greets you obviously doesn't want to be there, obviously hates their job, you know, and you can feel that as a customer. And in some ways you empathize with the employee, but in other ways it's like, man, I don't really want to do business here, you know? And so right. I, to me, it's, it's an obvious connection as to why you would invest in your people. Because again, those are the people who are going to represent your company well. Absolutely. And they will. Yeah. And, and uh, the greatest compliment um, I can receive from, uh, from, uh, you know, from our patients is when they say you have an amazing team, your staff, they're great. And that means a lot to me. My, my staff, they pamper everyone. They're giving neck pillows to them, lumbar pillows, sunglasses, blankets. I, I, I walk in, I'm like, this person looks like they're ready to, you know, fly somewhere to like Paris. I'm like, wow. Okay, cool. And I still ask the patient, are you comfortable? Uh, you know, do you have any questions for me? Are you comfortable? Uh, you know, and then uh, they, they just give me a nice big grin and <laughs> then we get started. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, now what, take me back even, even, even further. What, what made you want to open your own practice? Um, I think that's just, um, just a natural progression. Uh, I think um, for any a dental student, that's what I think many kind of uh, aspire to do. I mean, we're told that since day one in dental school. Oh, you know, um, or you know, um, one day when you guys open up your practice, so it's kind of almost expected. Even though I think things are changing uh, now a little bit because of how competitive it is, there's some that are kind of um, holding off on, on on starting their own practice and may join maybe more of a corporation group practice, or what we call in dentistry a DSO. They may do that for a few years to help uh, bring down their student loans before they uh, they open up their practice. And uh, how did you get your first customers? Um, well, we had uh, purchased an existing practice, so we already had existing customers. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Because you know, that's I think that's a pain point for any business owner, especially the new business owner. Is and it's actually I, I'm a member of a few different groups that have a bunch of small business owners in it, and literally the number one thing that people cling to is marketing, and they don't they don't cling to it because marketing is just that exciting it's because what they're thinking about is how do I get my next customer? Oh yeah, that, 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 that's, I feel like that's a whole other topic with the marketing and which is something we handle too. And, uh, uh, actually just before, uh, uh, 
uh, this podcast house and another webinar, uh, learning more about uh, Instagram. Uh, we're, we're starting that up now too. We started the Instagram just about two weeks uh, ago and growing that. And that's another way to get followers. And uh, you're basically just educating them, bringing awareness uh, to those followers about your services. And, uh, and some that may want to become your patients and they, um, and they call your office. So um, yeah, it's, it's not, uh, it's not just uh, Google and, um, and Facebook anymore. I mean, Instagram is pretty huge now, pretty influential. Mm-hmm. You can't ignore that platform. Mm-hmm. So we're well, uh, jumped right into it. Yeah. And you know, maybe it's worth it to dig into that a little bit because I know a lot of people when they try to create momentum for their business on social media, they typically what happens is they're, they're extremely active for maybe a week or two and then they sort of fall out of interest on it or they don't see the results that they maybe were perceiving they would, they would see on it. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's an inability to stick to the long game. Right. Uh, what's y'all's what's been y'all's experience with that and um where um i mean we're trying to um it it, you're definitely different long game i mean um you know doing 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 this hard sell and just you know hey we got this special you know call us and make your appointment um you're not really not really engaging them much you're not you're just kind of sort of stating the obvious you have you have a special here's your number you know where to find us and uh, in social media, things don't work like that much anymore. Um, it's, it's not as effective. You got to really, it's got to be almost emotionally driven now. It can't be like a hard sell can't be, you know, mm-hmm. as in the examples I gave before you have to, you got to really connect with them. Mm-hmm. So how do you tell me, tell me what does that look like for, cause you know, what's funny about, about dentistry is I feel like people in general have very, negative or apprehensive or anxious feelings about going to the dentist. And uh, I, I would be curious to hear how you flip that. You flip that stereotype. Um, well, I, I really, I baby my patients. I, I, you know, um, I, I, I let them know what to expect. So I set the tone. Um, I, uh, I, I mean, I, I do everything in my power not to try to hurt them, which is hard to do when you're going in with a sharp metal object in their mouth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's hard, but I have a strong topical anesthetic. But I have a pharmacy compound for me that helps a bit. I use the, the you know the smallest gauge needle uh, that I can. I go in slow. I'm I'm shaking their cheek. I'm you know it's it's a distraction technique. Uh, I'm talking to them. I'm asking them how how's their day? How's their kids doing? Uh-huh. Do they have any plans for the weekend? Uh, you know they've got their sunglasses on too, and that uh-huh. helps kind of block some of what we're doing. Um, just a lot of different distraction techniques that we're doing. Um, some of them that might be um, very anxious. So we we may offer them uh, nitrous oxide or, or like a Xanax to take too. Um, you know it's not. Uh, it's uh, using different techniques, different modalities to help. Mm-hmm. help and, to get- I, I, and, you know, obviously I've never, I've, I've, I would assume, you know, walking into your practice from the moment someone comes in, they, it probably feels different than what someone mentally thinks of, of going into like, you know, the old beat up <laughs> dentist <laughs> office with the flickering fluorescent light. And <laughs> yes, yes. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because uh, my cousin who lives in Chicago he he goes to a dentist you just described. This oh. dentist, he's, uh, 
has like AM radio, you know, but uh-huh. playing, you know, uh, some talk show in the background. And my cousin has a has a has a ten uh, year old son, and this dentist for a toy blows up a, uh, his glove and just ties it into a knot and gives it to him. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and my cousin's like, oh, I need to find a dentist. Like you out, you know, but out here, I'm like, yeah, I'll be fine one. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, you know, it's 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 about it's about the customer experience, and this is beyond like industry. It's like, what is it? F- what does a customer feel like when they work with you? You know, is it easy? Is it, it's like, uh, it's like one customer that I used to have and then I don't have them anymore. Uh, and I was talking to the person the other day and she said, it's just not the same, the people I'm working with now as it was with you. Because for me, like the customer experience is just so valuable. Like that person has to feel like they're just totally taken care of, right? And I, right. I, I see it feels like the competitive advantage for a lot of dental practices are the ones who really get that and really invest in that so that, uh, so here's what I mean by this. When I was a kid, I really had an awful experience at the dentist and like swore off the dentist. I was like, I'm never going again. <laughs> Finally found one that was just amazing, incredible. I mean, such a warm, friendly, awesome environment. And they actually, what's funny is they put in my bottom retainer, like the permanent retainer I have. And so like years later, I mean, it had to have been like 10 years later, it felt like that retainer was coming loose. And I was in my hometown and I popped in there and it was, it was just incredible, man. All the same staff, literally all the same staff, same dentist. It was like I was, man, it was like I was 13 years old again. And they were, they remembered me. They were so excited to see me. And I just remember thinking like, my gosh, like this place, they understand how to keep a customer, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's just incredible. It's just yeah, there incredible. you go. I mean, he, he figured it out too. He's he taking care of his customers and taking care of his employees. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, what's interesting is I, because I, I don't go, on the, go there anymore because I live somewhere else, but even... Even uh, as I was living in Northwest Arkansas, I was considering driving down to my hometown, which is about three hours away, just to go to my dentist, just for my cleaning. And I thought, this is ridiculous. And I'm fortunate enough to have a dentist now who uh, is, is literally the exact same. I mean, it's, they totally get it. In fact, they, they consult other dental practices. I mean, they, they just totally understand the recipe. Right, right. I, I mean, it means a lot. I mean, I'm flattered when I have, I have some patients that drive out all the way from LA. It's about two and a half hours away to come see me. Like, Oh my God, thank you. Thank you for coming. I mean, you probably passed up at least a thousand dentists, you know, before you get to me. I'm <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, she just feels very comfortable uh, coming to us, uh, her and her kids. So, cause she moved away. Mm. Uh, we have some other patients like that. So it means a lot to us. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, it feels like people sometimes they, and it's, it's, it's tough asking you these questions because it feels like you just get it so well that like I'm asking these questions that you're like, yeah, duh, of course. <laughs> but I know, and you probably know too, other business owners who don't see this way, but like it feels like you really understand the value of a return customer and keeping that customer. And I don't, I don't even mean like value, like monetary value, although there's obviously immense monetary value from having a, keeping a customer but just what it does long-term for your brand, for your business, what have you, you know, 
and I don't even really know my question other than I just, it, it just seems like you get it. It seems like you understand that sort of like this gratitude or this gratefulness of, I love that people choose me as opposed to someone else. And I appreciate that. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, you're right. I mean, it, it, it just, it's as simple as that. I mean, it's, and, but I, I think setting tone even before you meet them, um, I think, uh, accounts for a lot too. Um, I mean, you know, when they're, before they even come in, um, you know, they're setting the appointment, uh, we're, we're greeting them, um, you know, we're, we're thanking them over the phone for having, uh, chosen us. And, um, even, and, and then when I meet them, uh, I tell them the same thing personally. And mm-hmm. when they leave, we send them a thank you card signed by all of us. Um, so it's little things like that, that we do. I think that goes a long way and helps with, uh, with building, um, just building that relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they just feel connected. They feel part of something. And, um, and we just build on that. That's about it. And we're always looking to improve always. I'm always, um, looking at new, new, new things that'll, um, make their experience a more positive one. Mm-hmm. Something else you had told me before the episode was that, uh, in terms of like your business success, you mentioned how you've had to really develop your, your communication skills and really invest in that. And you even, I think mentioned, you know, developing yourself to be more, or, or I guess maybe prioritizing empathy and emotional intelligence and, you know, understanding those interpersonal skills is that something that's been natural to you or did you, I mean, when did, when did the, that skill set come about? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I, um, I See, don't isn't, know. Isn't oh. it, isn't it funny though, how things that are so, uh, positive about us are also so mundane in the sense of like, I don't know. It's just part of who I am. Right. When it, well, I, I mean, I, I like to think it's kind of part of who I am, but I mean, it definitely took work and developing it more um yeah it's um but it, it it's definitely it definitely takes work i mean you just can't i i, I don't know at least for me uh, i mean not that much work but it did early on um yeah it just i don't know kind of part of who i am but um yeah, you, you definitely can't neglect it i mean you gotta it, it's hard to fake it mm. you know i mean I don't know. I'm the type that, you know, I'm just friendly to everyone. I'm nice to my neighbors. My neighbor needs help with anything. I'm going to walk over and help them. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's, it's, um, you know, I've had patients who have trouble walking where I'll help them to their, um, Mm -hmm. to the wheelchair and, and help them out the door, you know, or, 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 you know, uh, pass them over to their caregiver. Um, but I, I mean, I do my part, do what I can. I mean, I think it's, um, people, people pick up on that, you know, um, they sense that when you're genuine, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's just hard to fake that. So I, I like to think it's, you know, it's part of who you are, I guess. Um, but you have to be, it's, it's, uh, but you have to work on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, these are some hard questions you're asking me, man. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh man. Here's the deal, man. I just, you know, oh, no, they're, they're good questions. I just, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think about it. I, I, I don't, verbalize them uh, often enough. Um, sure. Sure. Uh, well, you know, there's, uh, there's things that are so incredible about us, like professionally that are just so mundane was the wrong word. They're, they're so routine about who we are that we don't even, I think sometimes we don't even realize, Oh man, that's really, that's really a special quality. Right. And so, well, it, I mean, I just think that 
at least when it comes to me that, um, you know, my field, we're so focused on improving our, our, our um, clinical skills, being the best that we can be in our field, that we're neglecting other other things that are just as just as important. Mm. You know, yeah. uh, just you know, just basically having those uh, having the emotional IQ, um, uh, respecting others. I mean, it creates just a healthy environment overall. I mean, there's so many benefits to that. It's uh, it just makes sense. You know, um, and I think I think I I think the other reason too why I am the way I am is from my own past bad experiences when I was an employee. I've had some really really bad bosses um, mm. years ago, and they would just they would just they'd make me second guess everything I did, and I was always stressed out. And uh, I made a promise to myself: if I ever became a boss, um, I wouldn't be that way towards my employees. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean. I mean, when you're respecting them, it's, um, I mean, you're creating a, a healthy work environment. They get to be themselves. Um, so it reduces stress, right? Mm-hmm. Um, improves job satisfaction. I mean, that's really number one um, reason people leave their jobs. It's not money. Right. It's how, how, how they're valued, how they're, how they're treated. Mm-hmm. And I think what's interesting too about that was, um, I, I just had this conversation with someone who they were quoting, you know, and it's been, it's been quoted to death, but you know, people leave bad bosses and it's, it's true, right? I mean, they, they do, they do leave bad bosses, but what, what I think is really interesting is that people even leave bosses who like are very positive and warm, but be, because in spite of that boss having a very, um, positive personality, the employee still does not feel valued. Meaning, uh, I don't really know why my work's important. I don't really feel like I'm making a difference here. You know, it's very, it's perfectly polite and pleasant, but I just, I feel like my work does not matter. And I think that's especially true for millennials who are um, really trying to hitch their wagon to something that they can say, man, this, this made a difference. This was important. Uh, yeah, you bring up a good point. I mean, my entire team, they're all millennials. Um, you just got to keep things fun, fresh, exciting, you know, um, different. You got to empower them, not micromanage so much. Um, I mean, that's what I do at least. <laughs> I, I'm, hey, uh, you want to take on this new project? I'm like, I, I just can't. And they're always eager. They're like, absolutely. Yeah, I'll do it, you know. Um, and uh, I was listening to one of your other uh, – a podcast where um, I was cracking up when um, you had you had talked to another business owner and uh, they had mentioned that they reward them from the number of years of service that they uh, worked for them with a ten dollar bonus. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> but Terrible. they worked for them for five years. They got fifty bucks. Terrible. Oh my god! I go. Yeah. That's a bad way to go. No way. You got to mm-hmm. really take care of them. Give them a much bigger bonus. Um, well, and I think that's I think that's part of the disconnect in the sense of. Um, it's funny talking to you because again, and I, I don't think you're over some, and you're definitely, you're not arrogant at all. Uh, it, it's just, I love how obvious and simple you're making all, it's like, yeah, why wouldn't you do do? Why wouldn't you do it any other way? And yet, man, I have, that is one example amongst dozens of examples of bosses that I talk to who they just do not get it. They cannot get it. You know, it's like, um, I, I can't remember if you, if you heard this example, but uh, I don't know if I've talked about this one, but it was a business owner who was really frustrated that her employees were quitting 
And I said, well, so my first question, and it's typically always my first question, uh, what are you paying them? And she said, well, I'm paying them all minimum wage. And I said, okay, that's probably why they're not staying with you long-term is because they were staying with her for about six months. And I said, you know, people who are living on minimum wage are typically, they're really strapped on their mortgage, apartment payment, you know, bills, what have you. And so they're thinking that's their big pain point is where's the next check. Right. And uh, so you're, you're, if you want to keep talent, you have to pay for it. And she was like, well, I, I can't, I can't pay more than minimum wage. And I was like, okay, well then this is, this problem's never going away, you know? And so I, I just love how simple you make it, how obvious yeah, you, you have to, you have to, yeah, you have to compensate them fairly and, uh, you know, competitively. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and just treating them well. I mean, obviously this isn't, you know, you have to set, you have to set expectations too. Right. I mean, they're not doing, they're not up to par. I mean, you gotta have that talk with them too and tell them what you expect from them. But, um, um, I'm, I'm fortunate. Um, I, I don't have any of these issues anymore. Um, and they don't call in sick either. They're, 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 they're apologizing that they're, you know, going to be five minutes late, <laughs> you know, cause they got pulled over by, you know, by a cop cause they're racing to work, you know, not wanting to be, uh, uh, late. And they're showing me pictures or they're texting me with pictures of the police car next to them. <laughs> like, that's not necessary. I'm sorry to hear this is happening. You take your time. There's no pressure, really. It's okay. Uh, you know, um, that's the team I have. Well, it's, it's weird to me that people make it one thing or the other, meaning if, if I pay them well, then suddenly I'm running a charity and I can't hold them accountable. Or, well, I'm going to hold them really accountable and they owe it to me. And they have, you know, by golly, they have to earn every quarter <laughs> that they want. I mean, that's it, just, it, uh, I don't know that mentality. That, it's just weird. That fires up. I don't know. I, I just think that if you have satisfied employees, you're just going to be, pro- they're going to be much more productive mm-hmm. and, and just contribute more. You know, they're going to, they're going to do more for you. Mm-hmm. You know, they just, I don't know. I mean, that's, just, I mean, that, that's not my experience at least. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. You get it, man. That's, that's part of the reason why I wanted you on the, on the podcast was I just was like, this guy really gets it. And man, I'm, I, I, I wish you well. I'm glad you've had 10 years of success and I hope that there are 10 more years on the way. What, what's, what's coming in 2020 or we're, we're towards the end of 2019. What are you focused on right now as a business owner? Um, I'm, uh, I mean, just, uh, continually, uh, just, 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 uh, just growing the practice more and, um, I'm going to start lecturing too for some other um, uh, corporate uh, companies too, um, uh, doing a little bit of that. So, and I'm also um, I'm working with another institute that trains dentists on placing implants. So I've got a few other things lined up too that I'm uh, excited about. Hmm. And then, how would you like people to stay connected with you? Because I, I just know, man, even even if people don't feel spurred to action just from listening to this podcast. I know there are people who are out there who want to be better bosses and better leaders. And I, I just know people would want to know where, how do they find you? How do they follow up with you? What's the best way for someone to do that? LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn all the time. Great. And for our listeners, it's Ray Cross with only one S. So C-R-O-S. Um, well, awesome, man. Hey, I appreciate your time today. And I loved listening no, to thank you. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and for the listeners, let me know what you think about the episode. Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com. Take care of your people. And by the way, if you are one of those employees who maybe you have a bad boss, 
hey, maybe it's time for you to move on and find a place that really does value you. Because uh, there are bosses like Ray who are out there. You just got to be willing to go out there and actually find them. So thanks for listening and I will catch you next week. See ya.